a joy to be with you today and open the word with you today. We are in just a few verses, briefly, in Isaiah 43. We have uh, received such rich teaching from Bishop Kenny and Pastor Scott last week. And so today we are in just the first three verses of Isaiah 43. We start with that. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Amen? Amen. Remember in this section, the subject is God's case against idols. And we talked about this when we turned the corner from judgment to promise in chapter 40. We've been talking about God's love and power against the fear and injustice which surround the made-up gods humanity perpetuates in place of the Lord. And in this section, God says how he intends to cut the people free from the power of the idols. This is a message about miraculous deliverance. It is a promise of immense proportions it is another reminder to not be afraid. Because not only can God save you, he will save you. This is a reminder who has created us and formed us. It is a call to live with confidence. Let's talk about some synonyms for confidence, shall we? Trust, belief, faith, reliance, dependence. My friends, those don't come from a Bible commentary. Those come from the Oxford Dictionary. The scripture tells Israel to have confidence, to believe in Yahweh based on a few suppositions, based on a few truths. Don't be afraid, God says, when hard things happen. Have faith because God has redeemed you. Let's not rush past this. Yes, yes, God has redeemed us. It's not a small thing that the Lord can save people. Forgiveness is real. We don't always understand it. It's a mysterious transaction that occurs. It's complex, but the experience brings us peace. Amen? And reconciliation with one another. Freedom in Christ is not a trifling matter. It's hard to explain to people how we have been set free from our sin nature and the shame that clung like a second skin. Who did that? The Lord Almighty, through the blood and, and body of Jesus. That is a miracle of grand proportions that would be enough. Again, God can save us and wants to help. And any narrative says that he does not care or isn't involved in the world isn't true. And this is part of the promise. This is part of the covenant God gives us a covenant of peace. It's a reminder how the Lord keeps his promises. And then Isaiah's people say, do not be afraid. Trust in the Lord because you belong to God. 
Who belongs to you that you care deeply about? Your children, your family, your pets, your friends? Who are you not willing to let go of, no matter what? That's how God feels about you, except magnify it. It's never going to happen that God's going to walk away. And oftentimes, I overestimate how much I care, and I underestimate how much God cares. We are a treasure to him, and we cannot forget that. Don't be afraid, Isaiah's community says, when you are over your head. God will make it so that you will not be engulfed. When you wake up in the morning and you're out of time and you're out of money or capacity, God is not going to let you fail. When you are deep in grief, God is going to hold you through the pain. When you are in a situation that seems to have no solution and no end, God isn't going to let you go under. But sometimes we think like the world. And resolution and success look different. And God's kingdom, in God's kingdom, there's God's timing and there's God's answers. Because we want fairness now. And we want people to suffer now for consequences. We want all the wrongs to be righted. We want abundance and peace now. But God brings a different timeline. God brings those things through the hardship we suffer and sometimes we're able to ride the wave in the thrashing river because we're surfers, according to Dennis. And sometimes we're given a canoe to get to shore. And sometimes God calms the raging torrent. And sometimes God just dries up the river. However it happens, we put hope in the Holy One for how he wants to make things right. Don't be afraid, Isaiah's community says, because when you are walking through the fire, those who rely on God will not get burned. One thing that we see in this passage is how we need to keep on moving. Don't stop. Keep on moving through the river, through the fire. You're only passing through choppy waters. You're walking through the fire. It's not going to last forever. It's going to last longer than you want, perhaps. But that's not in our control. And the flames of doubt and inequity and estrangement and addiction aren't always going to threaten you or your family or your community or your place of work or your world. And in the middle of it, when you think you can't take the heat or the all-consuming nature of it, you're reminded how you are being saved in it. But here's the biggest reason for us to have confidence Verse 3, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You see, this is the most important promise. Promises are incredible, and we hold on to them. They're lifelines. We hold on to these words that God's going to help us in the fire and, and in the river. He's going to be with us. He's going to protect us. He's going to save us. But the most important promise that God gives is that he is, that he is the I am who is with you. When Moses is afraid and wants to know who to point, when Pharaoh says, I'm sorry, who are you again? Why are you here? Who sent you? And Moses says, I am sent me. 
In John 8, when Jesus is questioned by the rulers and the authority about so many things and told that his testimony wasn't valid, and where are you going, and who is your father, and don't you have a demon, and don't you know who we are? We are Abraham's children. Those people were brutal. And Jesus tells them how their father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing that Jesus would come. In fact, Abraham saw it, Jesus said, and was glad. And the people are like, yeah, you're 50 years old, please. Not even 50. You've seen Abraham? Very truly, Jesus says, before Abraham was born, I am. She's the very essence of God that matters to us in our lives. Not just what he's going to do for us, but who he is. We have such a small mindset. We worry about so many things. We worry about things that are never going to happen. We limit God and get anxious. And here God is giving us sweeping promises. And then we hold on to those as if those are the most important thing. Not being swept away. Not being burned up. I'll take that. I'll hold on to that, Lord. But the most important thing is when God says, I am the Lord your God. I am the Holy One. I am your Savior. So then we read this as an overture to God's people. And we know that this was written to a group who were in transition, who were living in what we call the already, but the not quite yet. They're on a journey. We're not exactly sure where they are in the journey. But in this, we can see God's heart wanting to comfort them in their fear, wanting to bring reassurance that he is trustworthy, that everything is going to be okay. But their confidence isn't just based on his words and what he says. Those things are certain. Those things are going to happen. The main collateral he's offering is himself. It's the same for us. We live in the already but the not quite yet of the kingdom. We are on a journey. We are unsure how it's going to turn out. We are overwhelmed by situations and the world that we live in that threaten to engulf us. God knows how hard it is for us to function when we are in such circumstances and how much we need to be held and carried and loved. He knows how much we want to control and just survive it. An overture of God's heart carries with it a response. We as individuals, as Christ people today, are invited to decide what will we do with these grand sweeping promises and invitation from Yahweh. So in this morning, we examine our lives and we ask, what do we really think about God's promises anyway? Where are we having a hard time actually believing them, believing that they're for us? Maybe they were at some point. Are they still today? What about our friends or our loved ones? Are God's promises for them? Where do we dare to trust God's love when we feel like at any minute we're going to be engulfed? Because we're walking in a perilous place. So how do we respond? 
What do you say to God who not just wants to protect you, but wants to come and dwell fully in your soul, even more than you've already let him? So that you face obstacles and joys together. So that you don't face them and think that you're by yourself and like, oh yeah, wait, come on. So that you have such a sense that no matter what, that you are not alone and that you are facing something with Jesus with you. Sometimes we need to do more than just let God help us. We need to let him into the very depths of who we are, to the very depths of every situation that we are in. Every situation is an opportunity to know that we are not alone. It's a reminder of who God is. So we respond to invitations with yes or no. And saying no, by the way, is an honest answer. No, thank you, God. I don't want that. If the answer is no for you today, maybe you could pray for the strength to one day say yes. If the answer is no, maybe you could just talk out your fears and talk to God about why the answer is no. Maybe today could be a day that you trust just a little bit more than you did yesterday. If your answer is yes, then we respond to God by humbly saying, thank you. And saying, Lord, these are the things that are happening that affect my soul now. These are the ways that I have not actually allowed you to carry my burdens. I haven't actually allowed you fully in to those places that seem so dark and dreary and scary. We respond by coming to the altar and being prayed for, by seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to let this go. I don't know how. I'm trying to survive on my own here. I'm trying to let you in. I'd like, I'd like to know how to do that. We respond by saying, thank you. We respond by saying, yes, Lord, we need help. We respond by saying, we believe that what we most long for actually isn't a solution, but you, Jesus. What we actually need isn't a solution. It's actually God in us. Doug's song said, I used to run, but now I find shelter. It's so beautiful. This morning, we have seen evidence of how God is working, how God is calling people by name, and they are responding, and they are going out to bring God's life into the world. So this morning, what is your response to this amazing, astounding promise by the Lord? Let us approach the great I am coming just as we are. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.